I knew it. It just didn't feel right. So we don't know exactly what's going on with the California hiker that was lost in the Zion National Park. And I say gone missing in the park for two weeks who didn't have any food and didn't have any water and said she hit her head and stayed where she was at next to the river close to a water supply but then when they found her she was uh, dehydrated and come to find out there was real no really no wound on her head and now we have a utah sheriff saying there's no way that she drank from that river because this time of year it's full of all kinds of toxins from the algae bloom so she would have been really really sick unless she had uh, some sort of super immune system but she would could not have left the park on her own they would have had to help her out which they didn't have to do and so something is up i don't know what I don't know why it intrigues me. It just does. I mean, she's missing, missing for two weeks. And then all of a sudden she's found thanks to a tip. And she's telling us she lived off this water and the river that's really kind of not true and that she hit her head and she's raised about 12,000 on the GoFundMe page. So I don't know. I, I just, I can't wait to find out exactly what happened. Maybe we'll never know, but I hope we do. Where are the journalists in the world? Where are the journalists when we've got stories like this out there? Perhaps I should reach out and talk to her myself here. On Chewing the Fat, welcome to Fat Pile Friday. Alrighty, it's a, I mean, there's a plethora of fat to uh, go through on the pile today. A lot of crime, uh, we've got some coronavirus, we've got some fun stories, and we've got stories talking about, uh, there's a new story here that talks about uh, their new study. Shoppers will visit fewer stores than ever this holiday season. Uh, you think? So, uh, I mean, we just went through how stores are saying there's not going to be a Black Friday and purchase things online and sales will be throughout the holidays starting now. And so now they're giving you the numbers on who and what well, more like who, not really what, <laughs> will be going into the stores uh, instead of shopping online. And it is less than ever. But before we do that, let me welcome a new sponsor to Chewing the Fat, Fundrise. Fundrise, F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E. It's an investing platform that makes investing in high-quality, high-potential real estate as easy as investing in your favorite stock or mutual fund. You know, we've heard for years how important it is to have diversified portfolio, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that kind of thing. But if you ever looked at the breakdown of the most successful portfolios, you typically didn't see a diversified set of real estate. Why is it? Uh, because it hasn't been available to investors like you and me until now. And that is thanks to Fundrise. To date, Fundrise manages more than a billion dollars in assets for over 130,000 investors. And since 2014, the Fundrise platform has averaged 8.7 to 12.4% annual returns and investors have earned more than $79 million in dividends alone. The Fundrise teams of uh, real estate professionals, vets, and actively manages all of their real estate projects. And with their easy-to-use website, you can track your portfolio's performance and watch as properties across the country are acquired, improved, and operated uh, via the asset asset updates. It's, it's really, really cool. And you just go to their website, fundrise.com, fundrise.com, F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E.com slash Jeff slash 
Jeff, J-E-F-F, to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. Fundrise.com slash Jeff, J-E-F-F. And you get 90 days of advisory fees waived. So make sure you use slash Jeff, J-E-F-F. Fundrise.com, fundrise.com. Okay, uh, incredible. This survey found that 51% of the people are anxious about going to stores this holiday season due to the COVID panic. Well, uh, okay, if you say so. Consumers are planning to visit just 5.2 retail stores on average from Deloitte. Uh, They found in its annual holiday survey. That's down from seven last year. And the closest was uh, five point seven in 2017 um you know they're saying that they want to shop early because they're afraid that their packages won't get there on time and they plan on traveling just 9.6 miles on average to buy gifts this season so we'll see how that goes you know that having been said um they're talking about the foot traffic being down 25 percent year over year I would say that's going to be more than that. It seems like it's going to be more than that. Although I will say I saw a picture of uh, just in speaking of, you know, the lockdowns and masks. And I just was surprised. I saw a picture of Governor Greg Abbott at the World Series. And he was, you know, he was at the game and he's looks like he's on the field and he's uh, got his cowboy hat on and a mask. And man, did he take a beating for wearing that mask uh, out there on the field in the stadium. I mean, just a beating. And Texas is, you know, not 100% open, but where I live in DFW, sure feels like it's 100% open. I got to tell you, uh, traffic is back. Stores seem to be open. Uh, Nobody, everybody is out and about. Sure, there's mask wearing going on, but I see a lot of people without masks as well. So, and I don't know. I don't know what's going on around the rest of the state, but here in DFW, and that's where the World Series is being played uh, between the uh, Tampa Bay Rays and the Los Angeles Dodgers, by the way, uh, one and one. Is, uh, starts up tonight, uh, the third game of the World Series. Uh, it seems like it's back. So, man, the people are still mad at government governor abbott for (laughs) not keeping texas open i think they most people in the state of texas when they were locking down things were like uh how about no uh we'll do what we want and we'll decide uh what we will make the choice and it was a difficult thing here in texas to lock it down i'll give you that but he still hasn't come back around to a hundred percent and Take away the taking away the mask mandate. So, I don't know. Good luck. God bless. We'll figure it out. I guess the long list, long list in the crime category today here on Fat File Friday. I'll give you the headlines and then we'll delve into a couple of the stories. All right. So we have a rapper charged. We've got a road rage shooting. We've got a no crime increase study. We have citizens suing for no police. We have a man lying about his wife's death. We have a guy using Kool-Aid packets at the self-checkout. And a Michael Jackson accuser uh, lawsuit dismissed. So there's a, you know, there's a, (laughs) that's not all of them. I'm just kind of breaking them down quick to what's accumulated here on the fat pile here on Friday. So we had a rapper charged with coronavirus benefit fraud after boasting in a song about the benefit fraud uh that's hello dude what are you doing so he boasted about it in a youtube music video according to the u.s attorney's office uh the rapper known as and i'm sure you know this rapper nuke bizzle who doesn't know Nuke Bizzle? I mean, his real name is Fontrell Antonio Baines, but I mean, I know Fontrell Antonio Baines, but you know, everybody calls him Nuke Bizzle. So he was arrested for uh, allegedly 
obtaining fraudulent unemployment insurance benefits under the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, or the CARES Act. (laughs) He applied for $1.2 million in jobless benefits and used stolen identities. Okay, good. He's uh, accused of exploiting a provision in the CARES Act. Really? Uh, called the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. You know, he's not the first one either. We've, there's other stories that uh, I've read of other single people, businesses getting all kinds of money, and they're going after him hard um, for doing this. So he had um, cards issued by Bizzle were allegedly issued in other people's names, including those who were victims of identity theft. Duh. 92 debit cards were sent to an address linked to Bizzle. More than, as I said, 1.2 million obtained. Wow. Bizzle and co-conspirators were able to allegedly access uh, easily $704,000 in benefits. He you know, used, (laughs) this is genius. Uh, he used, uh, names, uh, aliases, nuke bizzle one and nuke bizzle 23. Boy, that's uh, that's some thinking there. So he bragged about defrauding the benefits program in the video. And he holds up a lot of envelopes from the employment development department and claims he got rich by going to the bank with those envelopes. (laughs) <laughs> Another rapper states, you got to sell cocaine. I just got, I just file a claim. You got to sell cocaine. I just file a claim. Okay. I mean, genius from my main man, Nuke Bizzle. 22 years. He could face a maximum sentence of 22 years. Woof. That's a tough one. We had a road rage incident and this is, you know, I, I've lived through similar situations and it's, you know, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm lucky, but, uh, there was a road rage incident in Dearborn, Michigan, outside of Detroit, and there's video of it and you see the cars in the, you know, backed up in traffic and you see the road rager pull up next to the guy and the guy says, you know, talking to each other through the window and all of a sudden he sees something that you hear like, put that gun away and he just pulls out the gun and fires, just shoots at him. (laughs) Okay. So now we're just looking for the guy. Well, I mean, he's on video. I don't think it's going to take long to find him, but, uh, Oh, wait. Uh, no, it didn't. Uh, he was already arrested. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, I can see it happening uh, to me. I mean, I've talked about it here on the show of the road rage incidents. The last one is still, you know, still heavy on my mind. The last one where I was making the right-hand turn on the red and the guy was making a U-turn from the turn lane on the other side of the road and he was so angry at me. I mean, I just couldn't believe how angry he was throwing his hands and slamming his truck. And it was just incredible that he was so mad. And, and, uh, you know, so I could see someone similar to that, uh, anger issued human, uh, just pulling a gun and shooting. So be careful out there when you're, uh, come up against the road ragers that are out there. Uh, We talked about the study that finds uh, no crime increase in cities that adopted sanctuary policies. Despite what Trump said. Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. So according to a new Stanford University report, um, one of the first to measure the effects by looking at data on violent crime and property crime They compared statistics across more than 200 sanctuary counties and jurisdictions between 2010 and 2015 when the policies were adopted in many U.S. cities. All right. So the data show that the policies were effective at limiting deportations of nonviolent offenders. Yeah, no kidding. But did not result in higher crime rates in those cities. Okay. Okay. I would like to, I would like to see that myself. Uh, it would seem to me, and perhaps it is because in those sanctuary cities, they have made, um, criminal activities 
a harder thing to get charged for. I don't know. Well, that's got to be that's got to be it. I, I, that's a tough study for me to find, especially since the story next to it is the Minneapolis residents suing the city over police shortages amid violent crime wave. Uh, the the citizens say we want law and order. Uh, really? No kidding. So residents have sued the city over what they say is insufficient policing that has left residents fearing for their lives amid this violent crime wave. Okay. In the lawsuit, there are currently fewer sworn officers employed with the Minneapolis Police Department than what is required by the city charter. Ah, Who listens and pays attention to the city charters? Stop. So then we have the story of the couple who are no longer because the husband was convicted of killing her, but he tried to get away with it and didn't uh, do a good job of it. So they got married in 2004 and they settled on hubby's pig farm in Earlville, Iowa. She was a registered nurse. They had three kids and they, uh, which she gave up to stay at home, be a stay at home mom and help hubby on the farm. And she, she loved it, but then she got, uh, scared of hubby and said that she had felt like a slave and felt, you know, he was too controlling and then, uh, things weren't well. She had told her brother that she was going to wait until, after the crops had been harvested and then she was going to leave and file for divorce. This was in 2018. Right? And the brother said that he had put aside some furniture for a new life. And she was, uh, she was fine because she figured that she would be entitled to half the farm and $2 million in the farm's trust that she'd be able to provide for her children. Okay. So uh, she was concerned that hubby would freak out if she left, uh, well, if he's a controlling, uh, person, as she said, uh, yeah, well, um, she then started having an affair with the field manager. I mean, what are you going to do? You're out there working on the farm and you got the field manager. You might as well take care of a little business out in the cornfield. So they were exchanging messages. Uh, back and forth on uh, the phone and she was really concerned that if hubby found out he would you know throw her to the pigs well yeah so he did find out and he grabbed the phone and it revealed all these texts and he confronted um both of them they denied an affair and he continued to work on the farm and she, you know, I guess stayed on the farm and focused on, you know, leaving the marriage. And then, uh, then, uh, she had some sort of medical procedure. It doesn't say what she had done, but she was, you know, kind of recuperating at the house and he called her out to the barn and she said that he was, she was dizzy and having dizzy spells and then the next thing you know, he is calling 911 from his truck saying there's been a horrible accident. And apparently, uh, Amy had fallen on a corn rake twice. One time she fell on it so it looked like the corn rake was being stabbed down into her. And the second time she fell on the corn rake, it looked like she had fallen on the corn rake and it was protruding upwards into her back. So, I mean, how many times you hear about that? People falling on corn rakes like that, (laughs) right? Right. Of course. So it was just a horrible, horrible farm accident, except that, uh, the autopsy uh, saw the way that she fell twice on that. And, uh, they decided that, uh, no, there's a little bit of a problem. And then they went back and found some more texts, uh, between her and Jerry and how Mullis, uh, you know, was upset. That's the hubby. And so, you know, that was it. Uh, they, uh, they tried him, they arrested him and he went in front of the court and was found guilty. Now, apparently on the 911 call, it said here that he was calling from his truck, but on the 911 call, 
it said that and they played it in court and they said that uh you know you can hear him calling her or telling her go to hell you cheating whore (laughs) okay now they claim you know the defense attorney says you can't make that out of the 911 call but first degree murder he's going down he still claimed his innocence all the way he got life in prison uh, without a chance of parole wow which he has appealed and requested a new trial of course but holy cow working on the farm is a dangerous dangerous place to be (laughs) oh i mean holy cow so then we have the florida man who had a genius idea okay so he goes to walmart and he buys 994 dollars worth of goods okay i love it naples florida all right he gets all the the merchandise he picks up uh he's got uh, a shopping cart that uh, includes a scooter for 248 dollars a dual navigation system at 119 dollars and 87 cents 160 dollars worth of batteries and he also before he did that i don't know why he had to do this it doesn't make any sense he went to the shelf and grabbed a soda and a fan and then returned them to customer service getting a refund for 948 <laughs> i don't know why you would do that i guess just practice just trying to figure it out okay i guess but uh, you get the 948 you know that gets you over a thousand bucks okay i guess maybe he needed a thousand dollars so as he's ringing things up he grabbed a packet of kool-aid and had it in his hand so he's it appears like he's scanning the items but really he's scanning the kool-aid packet so the total was 24 bucks (laughs) that's a good idea i mean a horrible idea I mean, what is this guy? That's just, I mean, these damn criminals. That's good thinking. Now, it was too much. Here's the, here's the thing. Get gre- this is what gets you all the time is greed. And, you know, he got greedy. He got the big items. And so it stood out to even the Walmart people as you're going through self-checkout with, you know, with your scooter and your navigation system and all these batteries you are you know standing out a little bit so but if you were to just go there and buy a few things grocery wise and use the packet of kool-aid for that say you've got like i don't know 30 or 40 dollars worth of groceries and you just scan half of it with the kool-aid packs ah okay uh, you know, I mean, if you get busted, of course, and I don't recommend you do this because this would be a, this is a criminal thought, and I don't want people to break the law ever. Let's be clear about that. I'm just saying that it's possible that this is not that bad of an idea. What do I know? I don't want to go to jail for Kool-Aid packets. And then uh, one last crime story. The Michael Jackson accuser, James Safechuck, who was in the HBO documentary. Uh, leaving Neverland, accusing uh, Michael Jackson of abuse. His lawsuit against the estate of Michael Jackson was just uh, dismissed. Yep, uh, it's going away. It's over. Yep, hello. Have a nice day. It. Uh, the judge threw out his revived lawsuit against the abuse. Oh, huh. That's kind of weird because uh, we all believed it was uh, 100%. But according to the judge, the legal team presented no facts to support their key argument. Namely, that Honchos at MJJ Productions and MJJ Ventures Incorporated had a legal obligation to supervise MJ's behavior. So, okay, well, this really doesn't mean that Michael Jackson didn't do it. This just means that 
the money he was hoping to get from MJJ Productions and MJJ Ventures, that's not going to come to him. He was, you know, it's not their deal to protect the kid, but I got, okay, so... The court found that since Mike was essentially the top dog, there was no evidence his subordinates had the power to supervise him. Well, by no, but he's dead, and these are companies that he was in charge of. Weird. Really weird. Uh, boy, they, the Michael Jackson uh, uh, family has got to be really happy with this, but this really doesn't mean that... Michael is innocent and you can't quote me on that let's go to the break room I need an ice cold beverage to go down my throat right now I know I know Oh my gosh. Yes, say it with me. So good. So as long as we're in the break room, um, let's just talk a little bit about Jennifer Lawrence, shall we? Uh, She says that hubby is okay with, doesn't mind her having sleepovers. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I don't think I would mind that either. Just to be, you know, I'm throwing that out there. I know. He's an understanding hubby, and he doesn't have issues with me having sleepovers because he knows I value my girl time. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You know, Jennifer was doing some podcast. I don't know why she wasn't doing, why I wasn't talking to her here on Chewing the Fat. She was talking to some other podcast, absolutely not with Heather McMahon, you know. I'm sure it's a great podcast. But uh, she admitted that uh, she had a sleepover the night before, uh, before the interview on the podcast. And look, my friend came over. It wasn't planned. She just ended up spending the night. We slept in my bed, and hubby slept in our guest room. So it's fine. He knows the drill. It's part of my life. It's been part of my life for years. And it's just... Since we got married, uh, you know, we were pretty young and my friend was really young and I was like, well, things are going to change now and you've got your man. And she was like, no, absolutely not. We're still having sleepovers. Just you and me. Okay. Uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that. I just want to go on record saying, you know what, Jennifer, I'm okay with it too. And apparently you don't feel bad about it and you shouldn't. Okay, you shouldn't feel bad about that one little bit. One of the things that you should do though, Jennifer, is subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Uh, I don't know what you're doing on this other podcast. I'm a little hurt, but let's go ahead and change that. Uh, Subscribe to Chewing the Fat. All right, and if you're listening to this right now and you're not a subscriber to Chewing the Fat, it's time to enhance your life. It's time to take that extra step to make your life that much better. And by subscribing to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, you're going to make that step and your life is going to be that much better for it. Now, there's a plethora of platforms this show is on, so just choose one. You can use iTunes, you can use iHeartRadio, you can use Stitcher, you can use Spotify, or you can use one that, you know, warms the little little inside of your sleepover heart. But subscribe, all right? And it's just simple. Jennifer, when you if you're not a subscriber, let me know. Email me at chewingthefatattheblaze.com, and uh, you and I will talk. We'll see how those sleepovers are going, okay? <laughs> also... Uh, while you're at it, now's the time if you uh, if you believe in more voices, not less, uh, you should subscribe to Blaze TV. Um, right now is the time to do it. If you go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy and use the promo code Jeffy, uh, it's going to get you $30 off an annual subscription. So, I mean, that's a pretty good deal. It's uh, that's an incredible low price. 
it's one of the you know it's it's a big discount because we believe now is t- the time more than ever for more voices not less and with your subscription to blaze tv you're saying we you want more voices and it helps keep shows like this one uh you know free so you subscribe and you just listen to shows like this one but that subscription to blaze tv uh is uh keeping more voices alive rather than less which is most important As I'm hawking, I want to remind you that for those of you listening live uh, here on Fat Pile Friday on the 23rd of October 2020, tomorrow night, the 24th, is the Mercury One virtual event, the M1 uh, yearly event. And it, of course, you know, it's, uh, you know, the pandemic, it has to be virtual, but it's, uh, you know, you're going to be able to see the new American Journey Training Center starts at 7 p.m. Central. Hey, that's 8 p.m. Eastern for those of you that uh, are looking at time zones. Uh, There's going to be a live auction. It's got all kinds of really cool items for you to uh, spend your money on. You listen to Glenn and Tanya and David Barton. Uh, the auction is what, what this event is, 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 is it raises money so that, uh, you know, we can pay the bills because when you donate during the year to disasters or different, uh, things that, uh, Mercury one is helping people with a hundred percent of that money that you donate goes to that particular event, this money pays the bills and keeps the lights on and that's why we have uh that's why we have the yearly uh the yearly event and this year it is uh america goes back to work it's going to be airing uh on uh all social media all the events on blaze tv just you know you need to join us and uh you know take a look at some of the auction items and check it out it's going to be it'll be fun it'll be a great evening and so it'll be uh, america goes back to work the m1 virtual event 2020 starts at 8 p.m eastern mercury one and you can go to mercuryone.org or you can go to m1 nextchapter.com for more information all right so i see where uh remdesivir is the first virus drug to get fda approval Yay! I find that interesting that uh, I, you know, the news broke late yesterday about uh, Gilead's uh, remdesivir being the first virus drug to get FDA approval. And the day before, I got an email saying a drug called remdesivir, manufactured by Gilead Sciences, is now being reported as the ultimate cure for COVID-19. And they talk about how it, uh, the patent is currently held by China through an agreement with Gilead's drug patent sharing subsidiary called Unidaid or, you know, U-N-I-T-A-I-D, uh, you know, Unitad, Unitaid, whatever you really want to call it. But they talk about the investors of Unitaid, uh, George Soros, Bill and Melinda Gates, and the World Health Organization. Uh, I believe uh, Unitate has offices, of course, in China. I mean, it's a China thing. Uh, near, in this email, saying Wuhan, China. So, I don't know. Is it interesting? That, uh, is it interesting? Yes, it is. Is it true? I don't know. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. In this email, it talks about how Gilead Sciences and Unidaid were financial backers of Hillary Clinton in the last election. I don't know. Is it it true? Would it surprise me? No, it would not. No, it would not. I see, speaking of Wuhan, where it has been announced that uh, Wuhan has welcomed more than 18 million tourists uh, between October 1st and October 8th. (laughs) right sure i mean who doesn't believe data from the wuhan tourism bureau (laughs) 
There's no way. No way. It's funny, though. It is funny. No question about that. <laughs> so as long as we're doing a little coronavirus uh, chat here to uh, wrap up uh, this portion of the program, uh, we can talk about uh, congratulations to the uh, Taste of Sicily, an Italian restaurant in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, it made headlines when it defied the governor's COVID-19 shutdown mandates and scoffed, ha, laughed at the $10,000 in fines that came along with them. And they wouldn't hear of it. And they took it to court and they won. They opened to full capacity, which was a violation of shutdown orders. They didn't require masks or social distancing and plexiglass barriers weren't set up at all. They couldn't do what they wanted to feed their families. They wanted to work. Uh, they had support from the local elected officials and they kept getting fines and they said, we ain't paying it. Uh, we don't have any fear. We continue to came to work. Uh, the governor ain't going to do anything about it. And so they took it to court and they won. So we'll see. Uh, you know, I've, I'd like to have more and more places uh, do that. But uh, judge said that the family business was unconstitutionally cited and the restaurant was found not guilty, adding that Taste of Sicily owners won't have to pay any fines and they're waiting for a hearing date against the Department of Agriculture. Wow. Now you know the governor is not going to let that lay. <laughs> no way. That appeal is happening right now. The governor can't let that slide. No way. I mean, that is just, that's embarrassing for the government because, uh, guess what? Your, uh, many of your new lockdown laws that you, uh, you know, seized power on that you blamed president Trump doing, but you were the ones doing it, uh, are unconstitutional. So get over yourselves. Okay. Some of those lockdowns and mandates we allowed to happen, which, you know, we questioned at the time and we shouldn't have allowed to happen, quite frankly. But the people who didn't allow it to happen, bless you. Bless you. Uh, it should be our choice. That's what it's supposed to be. And that's what President Trump was, was doing. I don't want to get into that. I just don't. And how about that debate last night? Right? Right? I made it. I made it through this portion of the program without mentioning it. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I can't. I just, I just can't. I just, I just can't. I want to. I want to, but I just can't. I mean, we could stick on the coronavirus stuff. I mean, Japan researchers have just done a study on masks and they say in their study that masks do block coronavirus and not perfectly though <laughs> not perfectly uh you know sure they can offer some protection from airborne coronavirus particles but you know even professional grade coverings can eliminate contagion risk entirely so there's that you know don't worry about it there's that okay eh that's fine. And I'll leave you with a, you know, a Friday fact. And I find this, I don't know, I haven't looked this up. I just, this was in one of my morning emails and I thought, oh, that's, that's an interesting little Friday fact for you on Fat Pile Friday. The most common place names in the United States. So the most common place names in the United States. Washington. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Franklin. Okay. Arlington. Okay. The last two I question. Centerville. Lebanon. I don't know. I just feel like mm, I question that. But Washington, Franklin, and Arlington. Yeah, I give you that. No problem. So those are them. According to this, my according to my morning email, which has got to be fact. Um, these are the most common place names in the United States. 
Washington, Franklin, Arlington, Centerville, Lebanon. Mm, 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 I question that fat pile Friday fact, but, you know, it's a fat fact, so it's got to be true, right? Right. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. So I see where uh, Keith Malinak, uh, who uh, works on uh, Pat Gray's program, Pat Unleashed, uh, tweeted out, uh, he was in uh, apparently in Jimmy John's bathroom. And uh, if you know anything about Jimmy John's, man, do you want to go into the bathroom there for sure? There's no place else you'd rather be. So apparently they had a, they've got a, uh, an information board in the Jimmy John's bathroom called 18 thoughts to think about. I mean, this is a sign made for my heart in the Jimmy John's bathroom. And uh, I was thinking about Keith anyway because I know his uh, separate podcast, uh, what is it, Inside the Mic, Standing on the Mic, Sitting on the Mic, At the Mic, uh, his podcast, it's At the Mic. He interviews my wife on this edition, the latest edition of At the Mic, so I'm not telling you to listen to it, I'll tell you that. (laughs) It's not a... Not a chance that I'm telling you to listen to that, but I'm just letting you know that she's on there. So anyway, back to the Jimmy John's bathroom, uh, the 18 thoughts to think about in there. You know, there's a list of funny things like most toilets flush in the key of E flat. The average life expectancy of a toilet is 50 years. 72.4% of people place their toilet paper to be pulled from over the roll rather than uh, under. Well, uh, that should be a lot higher than that. If you have your toilet paper to pull under, that's 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 damn near un-American. I, that's unacceptable. And I will say this. I have gone into bathrooms. I don't remember... And obviously, it's been a while with, uh, you know, I don't visit other people's homes very often now during the pandemic. But uh, I have gone into homes and seen a roll of toilet paper on the on the roll under, and I change it. Uh, that is unacceptable. Uh, the first toilet cubicle in a row is the least used and consequently the cleanest. I uh, you know, I do kind of believe that. Uh, the toilet is flushed more times during the Super Bowl halftime than any time during the year. Uh, okay. 70% of the house guests snoop through other people's medicine cabinets and drawers. Yeah, I get that. An average person visits the toilet 2,500 times a year. That's about six to eight times a day. You'll spend about three years of your life on the toilet. Wow, that's a long time. That's why you need a. That's why you need a stall, and you need a. You need a. You need a, a stall, a separate water room, and you need a urinal. If, uh, every house should have a urinal. It's on a, that, that that's something that needs to be a mandate. Build a new house. It comes with a, a separate water room, toilet room, and a separate urinal just saying needs to happen uh november 19th wow coming up close november 19th is world toilet day people use about 57 sheets of toilet paper every day the first toilet ever seen on television was on leave it to beaver wow which i mean that was a long time ago anyway so in those days you couldn't show you know husband and wives in bed together just weird The appliance that uses the most use of water in the home is the toilet. Well, duh. Only 7% of homes in Afghanistan have a flush toilet, but 19% have a television. All right, I'll give you that. Uh, It takes about uh, 384 trees to make the toilet paper rolls that one American uses in his lifetime. Well, that's not... I mean... I mean, you know... That's not. <laughs> well, women are more likely to be grabbers while men tend to be folders. Thomas Crapper did not invent the toilet. He perfected the draw-off flush system we use today. 40,000 Americans are injured by toilets every year that is embarrassing 
40,000 Americans are injured by toilets every year. I wonder if that's slamming the seat down. Uh, well, I can't, you know, I guess if you're working on it or something, maybe. Common names for the toilets are, you know, John, the Dunny, the Crapper, the Throne, Think and Stink. See, those are just, who calls it that? Lavatory, S House, Water Closet. I'm, I'm big on the Water Closet. I like that. The Loo, the Potty, the Head, the Facility, Privy, the Can, the Latrine, the Porcelain God. <laughs> Uh, okay just a few 18 thoughts to think about at jimmy john's bathroom and uh wow is that uh is that fascinating and it has a uh a typo where it says when it comes to toilet paper women are more likely to be grabbers while men tend to be folders of course they screw up the word woman i mean hello so wrong so yesterday we, I mentioned a uh, new organ in the throat that these doctors, you know, thought they found, and I was just I was questioning how in today's world do are we finding new things that we don't know about? I mean, I, I know I, I know things change, but it just seems like we have information right at our fingertips every day, and then I see a story about these giant hornet balls. And they, that's what they're called. They're called hornet balls. Okay. They're in Virginia. If you didn't know this, Virginia was, you know, the first gold rush in America. First gold was discovered there in 1782. Thomas Jefferson discovered a, a rock containing gold ore along the, along a riverbank. And then it was, you know, it was off and running and it was, it was over by you know they, they they didn't find very much and then it was off to you know california but there's a, a museum there this virginia gold mining museum that's there it's and they have these giant hornet balls they're called and they don't know what they were used for they were at the gold site and the mining site and they're not sure what they were used for okay they're seven feet tall, over 20 feet in circumference, each weigh seven tons, and, they've, and they don't know what they're used for. So they've got this mesh, you know, it's concrete around this mesh, so they don't know if they put the ore inside the ball and then rolled it, or if they put the, put the you know, the dirt on the ground and rolled the balls over it or or what it was used for i think there's i guess there's nobody wrote a note and said hey we're making these giant balls and this is what we're using it for <laughs> i don't know it's just so weird uh they were thought to be mounted on an axle that rotated around at a central point by a horse or steam power right so you would uh you know either crush what was underneath it or you would put uh, put something in it, but and they don't even know how it got their name of hornet balls. I mean, I guess it looks like a giant hornet's nest. I don't know about you or me, but you know it's gonna have to go. I guess it was named after the hornet's nest because I personally have not seen those on a hornet. Have you? That's what I thought. And a couple of uh, couple of reminders to go vote. I got it. Everywhere you turn, man, it is never freaking ending. Vote, vote, vote. Go vote, go vote. I mean, we got the news from Jeff Bridges that he has lymphoma. Very sad. I'm very sorry to hear that. I hope and pray that he gets better. He tweeted out that uh, as dude would stay, you know, his character that he played in that stupid movie, The Big Lebowski, um, as dude would say, new S word has come to light 
I've been diagnosed with lymphoma. Although it is a serious disease, I feel fortunate that I have a great team of doctors and the prognosis is good. I'm starting treatment. I'll keep you posted on my recovery. I'm profoundly grateful for all the love and support from my family and friends. Thank you for your prayers and well wishes. And while I have you, please remember, go vote because we're all in this together. Vote.org. Love, Jeff. Okay. Thanks, Jeff, for reminding us. I appreciate it. (laughs) And then we get the, you know, and just to remind us again, and more importantly, the fun that is happening with our stars coming together to remind us to vote and in particular vote for uh democrats and joe biden we have happy days the happy days reunion is coming out for to help wisconsin yes the democratic party of wisconsin is presenting happy days cast reunion i know i know the 25th of october oh my gosh that's my son's birthday by the way on a sunday uh i say it out loud that i remember it oh that's right i had a kid that day uh you can chip in any amount and watch this exclusive live event how cool is that i mean to tell you henry winkler uh anson williams potsy uh marion ross uh mom uh donnie most who is donnie most uh the redhead putts and special guests and additional cast members and oh yeah uh ralph melf i just thought of Dottie most i was a stupid happy days show i had to remember who the heck he was uh what character he played but good 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 man you can't expect you gotta expect some excitement from the happy days cast because they're all about a hundred now i mean so what really i mean henry winkler is still working and he's you know they're all still working and good for them and it's you know it's a comic con but it's all for democrats and joe biden help me please lord help me and they look we've had we've had parks and recreation we've had veep we had the princess bride we've got uh hamilton cast all coming together just you know doing these virtual events for democrats and joe biden you'd think that he was a lot farther ahead like they claim and wouldn't need to have happy days reunion virtual event come out to get the vote out in wisconsin you'd think that but you'd be wrong and so would i because the badger state is important and my gosh we've got to we got to get that back and that's a show that was based you know they remember they said they were in uh, milwaukee so good 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 and we're thrilled and gosh darn it i'm thrilled too so get out there and vote and if you haven't been told yet to get out and vote let me remind you get out and vote because we're all in this together Ugh. <laughs> 